Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com here. It is now October 8th. We have the WWE Hell in a Cell reaction. We'll also talk a little bit about Brock Lesnar at the end of this show. If you've never been to Fightful.com before and you're just checking this podcast out for the first time, we have them after Raw, SmackDown. We have a Wednesday flagship show with the founder of Fightful.com, as well as after every major pay-per-view. We have them after every UFC show major Bellator shows as well. We have a couple of MMA podcasts throughout the week as well. Of course, uh, news, exclusives, interviews, photos, videos, forums on anything you can think of. We want to be the one-stop shop for you, anything combat-related. So head over to those forums. Head over to Fightful.com if you haven't. Subscribe to us. All that good stuff helps. Also, we're still in the hunt for an associate editor. If you think you're qualified, um, the qualifications are listed on my Twitter, at Sean Rossap. Email me, Sean, at Fightful.com with a cover letter, uh, expected salary, things of that nature, and we will go from there. Because Alex Palowski has abandoned me. Yep. He has abandoned me. You all will be shocked to learn. That children take priority in some people's life. Some, all you people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I used to be one of the one of the people who said you people about people with kids. I'm like, how hard could it be? How much of a time commitment could it? And it is. Uh, and um, she's the light of my life, and I'm going to spend as much time with her as I possibly can. Uh, and it's necessary now. We've had a lot of different. Time things have been restructured, and I can't do both things, which sucks. But well, listen, listen. How am I ever going to throw you off of a cage through a table while she watches and laughs? <laughs> if you, well, I guess you could. I guess you could do it as a part timer, which is what I you'll could, be doing I, now. I, I'm I'm nothing but a lazy part timer. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll still take out ads on your stories, so you're getting the push. Too. Yeah, exactly. Son of a bitch. <laughs> We're joined by another lazy part-timer in Anna Bauer. Anna, uh, w- with, without vulgarity, because I know that you're, you're trying to get us demonetized as much as you can. How you feeling? 
I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, going through some stuff right now. I feel like wrestling related. Out. I hope because you you look like just you're... just that. It's just that. Okay. Um, I I feel like a crack addict because I'm shaking that much, and and I've never done crack before, but I'm guessing wrestling is like that. Okay, let's begin. Oh fuck. Hmm. <clears throat> So Hell in a Cell happened tonight. There were a couple of really great matches, I thought, and there was a lot of really, really average. Uh, I will say, uh, we'll we'll talk before Hell in a Cell, I think, about this Brock Lesnar situation. Dana White, UFC president, revealed on the Dan Lebitard show last week uh, when asked about a potential Brock Lesnar versus John Jones fight, even though John Jones failed a drug test. Dana White says, Oh gosh, he's under contract to WWE through August. And everybody says, Do what? Do what? Because word on the street, well, according to him, he had been signed through this year's WrestleMania. I've been asking and asking. I haven't been able to find out anything yet, but uh, hopefully, well, by Tuesday when people are actually around on, on that side of things. But I would theorize, as many have, that maybe his contract was extended because of his UFC fight. So uh, that's something to look out for. We have a full story on that on Fightful.com. But Hell in a Cell. Alex, what do you think of this show overall? Gosh, bookended by some really great stuff. Yeah. I will say that. There was was some stuff in the middle that I could have done without. (laughs) <laughs> but to, I'm, that's being kind. But the 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 two Hell in a Cell matches that bookended it, one was just a damn fun time. The other one, I'm pretty sure I had a heart attack. I mean, <laughs> when your left arm like is all tingly, that's a heart attack. Yeah, I have one. Yeah, I, I think you've got a couple of bulging discs in your neck. <laughs> could, have, could have that too. <laughs> that's, that's happening. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, Anna, we, we've seen your reaction to this. I, I would agree with Alex. Sandwiched, like, the two pieces of bread were real good. But but everything in the middle, just, it was there. It was there. <sighs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of feeling. A lot of mediocre feeling. But the bread was awesome. And the bread is what we're going to remember for a very, very long time. And I really hope Shane is okay. Yeah, I do too. We will, of course, uh, talk about that more as we go along. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe to us if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Subscribe if you're watching on iTunes. My match ratings, analysis, podcast notes drop at 6 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning. So let's get into this show. The kickoff, Ty Dillinger gets himself added to tonight's United States title match with a segment backstage with Daniel Bryan where they're going back and forth between yes and 10. Anna, are they pushing this too much now? Yeah. That, uh, yeah, I, I thought so. Yeah. They're trying now. Yep. Look, Dillinger does not need – like, we know that's his thing. That's what kind of helped him get to the main roster. We know that. But he has enough now and he has enough behind him that he can just be a dude. He doesn't have to be the 10 dude because it's just overbearing and yes. really not necessary. He can get himself over. Or or he can just be the guy who does 10. 
just to be the guy who talks about doing 10 incessantly. Yeah. Like that's a difference. He would do that. He did the 10 thing and that got over. But like in the interviews, he would say, I'm a perfect 10, but he wouldn't be like, Hey, you know what number comes after nine? <laughs> 10. It was, it's uh, <laughs> too much. Um, it's one of those things where like, Oh, now that you like it, mom, it's not cool anymore. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? Like when WWE sees that they have a gimmick that got over organically, they're like, I know how we can make this better. Let's run it into the ground. And um, I just hope that's not what happens with him because, you know, this is one of those things where kind of figured you could have done this on Tuesday night yeah. after the show or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, but to do it now, right before seems act on and, you know, like maybe that's maybe it was, maybe it was tacked on, but it, it led directly to this. Like everyone was watching, uh, you know, Ty Dillinger get the roll up flash win on Corbin and go, Oh, it's gonna be a triple threat. And they didn't make it a triple threat. And you were like, Really? It's not a triple threat? And so they waited until like an hour and a half before the match and said, It's a triple threat. I just felt like they could have yep. done this earlier. I'll never forget Ty Dillinger with no main roster explanation whatsoever getting the type of pop he did at the Royal Rumble at the Alamo Dome with 53,000 people. You don't have to explain everything. I remember seeing the trailers for The Love Guru, and there were like three punchlines, and they explained them all. And I was like, yeah, that movie's going to be shitty, man. It was. It was. Uh, as was a backstage promo with Baron Corbin. We also got a couple from Charlotte Flair and Aiden English. I love that they're keeping Aiden English involved, and he doesn't even have to wrestle Alex. I love his suit. I think he should wrestle in yeah. the suit whenever he has to wrestle. Or or he should come out in the suit, strip it down, and then and every week a different amazing uh, classic piece of artwork on his tights like he did with – Starry Starry Night by Van Gogh and the uh, pointillism one, too. He is the APA of vocals. Yeah. Like, he's just a vocalist for hire <laughs> in WWE. He is the I, hired gun. He's ready to go. I will write you an a cappella song about how awesome you are. Just give me, you know, give me two days' notice and 50 bucks. Ooh. Will they do a Lana tie-in since she's in the Pitch Perfect movies? You got to drop a reference there. They, they you got to drop a reference. There. They could. Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable defeated the Hype Bros. Uh, Benjamin shows off some heel tendencies in this match, as does Gable. This is interesting considering how much of a natural babyface I think Gable is. Uh, Mojo hit a really sweet tilt a world slam, and I thought it was really good on Corey Graves to credit that to him spending more time at the Performance Center. That was really cool. Gable misses a moonsault, hits a really insane overhead belly-to-belly -belly on Mojo, then gets the moonsault again. I don't know what Gable and Benjamin were going for out of the corner, but it looked kind of rough. Like, I think it in their heads, it was going to be a lot cooler than it actually ended up mm -hmm. being. Uh, and then Ryder looked like a real dope. Because as they were going for whatever the hell their finish is. Hype Ryder. Hype Ryder. I think it's Gable fights out, Jordan Hood the hell fights out, and then Ryder jumps over his tag team partner to turn around. The crafty vet here of 10 years in WWE mm -hmm. jumps over his partner in between his opponent to turn around and say, what are you doing, bro? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? Benjamin and Gable win with their cool finish. Anna, what would you think of this? 
And and where are the hype bros going? Besides no I really like this. <laughs> I really like this match. It was you know, it was a good way to kick off the show. It did what it needed to do. I thought it was also a great showing for most of them, pretty much. Um Mojo looked really good. And maybe it's just me misremembering, but he he really did come off really well. Um I'm very curious to see where Gable and Benjamin go because right now it is very uh, – I found it interesting as an article that came out over the weekend, Kurt Angle saying that they went with Jason Jordan as his son because they thought that Jordan needed more help with the entertainment side. First of all, I was shocked that he wasn't actually his real son. But second of all, it made me curious as to where this – new tag team will go. And, I mean, Benjamin obviously is a lot more experienced and I really like the fact that they mentioned on commentary his time in Japan and how much he's improved and grown in size. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious to see if they actually decide to give these guys the full push in, into the title picture or if they're going to turn them anytime soon. And I really like the story that they set up with the Hype Bros because... And this was just a continuation on with that. They are trying, but they seem to be trying as individuals and they can't quite get it together as a team. And I think we're heading for an explosion. As I said, they did, have those heel, they did have those heel tendencies. And we have a heel team as champions right now. But, hey, if you want to go ahead and slide in Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable into this feud, this Usos-Kofi Kingston feud, which we'll be talking about, or Usos New Day feud, which we'll be talking about in, in minutes, that'd be cool with me. Alex, where do you think this goes? What about the, the, the performances of these guys during the match? Um, I've watched it, and I said, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't really know if you, like, let Chad Gable just be himself, like, who that guy is, if you if didn't write stuff for him and say, okay, get you the script. Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know enough about him. But I'm watching him in the ring going, if I had a, if I had a federation, he's my champ. Like he's the baby-faced guy who fights from underneath all the time, and he's either chasing some giant dude who he can still German suplex because he's amazing, or he's or he's a babyface on top, because like that moonsault was as pretty as anything I've ever seen. Um, he his selling and his facial expressions, everything he does in the ring is top notch. I love this guy. I love what he and Shelton Benjamin can do as a team. I think that's a really interesting idea. Um, uh, I loved their matching ring gear. I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm, uh, when you say that they re- had heel tendencies, I think what they were doing was nominally because the hype bros haven't turned yet. It's a it's a match between two babyface teams, and one team's got to work heel, and that was a team that worked heel mostly because that way, when you know the hype bros have a falling out. That's kind of a turn from them be working babyface the whole time. So that was what I was thinking when I was watching the match because I was expecting actually to have the turn, the full turn, yeah. happen tonight, and it didn't. Um, yeah, Ryder looked like a dope, but when you when you ask a guy to do that, he's going to look like a dope. It's a stupid way to 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 engender. Oh gosh, we're not on the same page anymore. Yeah. Um, but but I thought I thought Mojo with that with that still the world slam looked yeah that would look great like I, I, awesome. I, I Corey Graves was the low key MVP of tonight like he was mm-hmm. explaining all the little plot holes 
He was giving credit to guys where they needed it. He was he was refuting terrible arguments from his from his cohorts on the desk. Like it was, he was. I, I will say Byron. Byron wasn't so bad that I noticed it tonight. There were a couple of things that he did that that I liked. We spent way too much time on this pre-show. Yep. Let's talk about Hell in a Cell, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Usos defeated New Day to become five-time tag team champions, three-time SmackDown Tag Team Champions since like March. Right out of the gate, they're swinging canes. Both Biggie and Jay Uso hit Yolo dives, which. Alex are much safer in the cage, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, they really are. And it's a little resting place for you to go, as opposed to just right down onto the outside. And uh, Xavier Woods, I think, really, really uh, thrived in this match because this was a very serious match, but early on they were able to incorporate comedy into it, like having an entire high school band apparently leave their shit underneath the ring, which was great. These guys, their creativity blows my mind that they could do this. I mean, they they were given a spot. I mean, they fought their way to get this spot. And then backstage were kind of like, okay, we'll run with it. And they have ran with it and continue to deliver slam dunks. Like, yeah, there was an entire, nearly a marching band underneath that ring. The kendo stick solitary confinement in the corner of the cage was ingenious. It was just like little bits like that. And then Big E picking up Woods um, and him delivering the throw down with the chain and then wrapped around his knuckles. Like it was just so good. And that's what makes me think like I would be more than happy if this feud continues for a very long time, you know, with breaks in between, obviously, but they have the creativity behind them to keep it interesting and to keep it fresh and new. And I'm really glad no one really hurt himself in this match. Well, let's talk some more about that creativity. New Day trapping Jimmy Uso in the corner of the cage, which I'm using as the thumbnail for this podcast. I liked it so much. <laughs> by wedging kendo sticks in there. And, like, I think it was Jimmy Uso didn't do anything particularly outstanding with his facial expression, but his face, just his particular face, sold that pretty well because, like, he's missing a tooth which I never noticed before this, but it worked out really well, it, it, as did them hanging, the Usos, that being hanging Xavier Woods from the ring post and just wailing on him. Oh. Then Xavier Woods in the ring, eating a bunch of cane shots, headbutting his way in, trying to attack, making a comeback. It was so fantastic. Then there was this crazy spot where Big E hit a Uranagi. Uh, onto one of the Usos while Xavier did a lung blower. Not something I would have done with an injured knee, but there was this suicide dive, like doomsday device into the cage. Alex, they they did, like, I always say that I would just like to see something I haven't seen before out of a wrestling show or wrestling match, even if it's a cell. They did, like, a half a dozen things I didn't even consider before. Not right. just I haven't seen, that I didn't consider. Yeah, no, it was, like, one of those things where you're like, okay, so... Here are all the things everyone has done in Hell in a Cell. Let's not do any of those. Let's find new things to do. And there's going to be four of us. Like a, a tornado tag in Hell in a Cell. It's the first one they've ever done. So they can. there's all this kinds of stuff you can do in there. Uh, and they were just so ingenious, came up with stuff. A lot of, like, all the, all the spots and, and the different things they did with kendo sticks and crumb bones and everything, that was all great. But what it was was the story. Like, each guy had a, had a role to play within this. 
um, the Usos were definably different. I still can't tell them apart, but I know there was Uso 1 and Uso 2, and they were doing different things in the match, and that was, that was really cool. Like, they were distinctively different. And Big E gets to be this powerhouse where he watched them wail on his buddy Woods, and then he blocks a kendo stick with his forearms, and then his look on his face, like, Big E is so good in the, in the New Day. But I can't help but think that this guy is a singles superstar waiting to happen. Like, as, as, a, as a baby face, he can be funny, he can, but, but as a heel... That guy's still super scary. Like, go back and watch old NXT stuff when he was the heel doing the, the five count thing. That guy murdered people. And you believed it, absolutely. So, like, he's, he's so good when he hulks up. I, I, I love this match. This feud is feud of the year for me. and I don't even know if it's close. I think it's the best tag team like, main roster feud in the last 15 years. I mean, the thing about it is that Here's the thing that I love about the Usos. Before their heel turn, couldn't have cared less. Yeah. Just what wasn't it wasn't about it. They did they they just were in the ring dabbing on people, not taking things seriously. Whoops, we did a splash. Ha ha. Face paint. Like it just it, it wasn't a thing. And all of a sudden they were like, "Oh no, no, no. This is what we've been hiding this whole time. This is who we are." And I was like, "No, that, that's it." Cuz before I was watching you guys play clowns. This is this is real. I love I love the Usos. I love the New Day. This this feud was has been phenomenal. All four matches they've had have been off the charts good. A couple other spots I wanted to talk about. Xavier avoiding a kendo stick shot from the apron. He like cartwheeled out of it. It was it was phenomenal. And then there was Biggie grabbing one of the Usos by his beard and whipping him. And then he basically did like the old Rhino ECW gore where he would carry the person and then like spear them into the cage. Only he did that to an Uso. This was awesome. They they're playing hot potato with the title and much like the Sasha Charlotte thing last year, we were getting good matches out of that. We were getting unpredictable TV out of that. We were getting fun moments out of that. So I didn't mind if it makes for good TV, give it to me because I think that stuff like this makes a title mean more than like what we're seeing out of gender Mahal. A long reign doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And uh, fight me, guys, but I have this as my match of the year right now, right up there with Okada Omega. Like, that's how much I love this match. This was the most innovative tag team match I have seen in over a decade. Here's the thing. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think this is pro- absolutely tag match of the year, and that's with all this amazing stuff in NXT. And if you told me that you liked the SummerSlam match more or the Battleground match more, I would say fair. That's, a f- that's fair because all of them were so great. Um, the one thing that, that I, I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is official, but I read that this is a, one of those no rematches match. Like I read that, that, that this was a thing. I think I read it on WWE.com. Like whoever loses this match, no matter what it is, they don't get a rematch. So – if that's true, cool, I guess. But um, uh, I guess they were all out of ideas and they used them all up in this one. Um, That'd be a damn shame if that's the case because 
Usos are bringing out a viciousness to New Day we haven't seen in a very right. long time. And New Day are bringing out the playful, fun side of the Usos. It's like perfect marriage happening. Right. Um, I'm fine with it if it's a no automatic rematch clause and you make the New Day fight other guys to get back to that spot. That's cool. I just, the rematch to, to rematch to rematch to rematch thing, even though this is a great feud, it becomes like a, well, all right. You know, there's no, there's nothing else. But as we've seen, Brizango can really go in the ring and they're never allowed to actually wrestle. You know, um, uh, I, I think that the Shelton Benjamin and Gable could New be day, really New Day do get a tag team rematch, by the way. Okay, good. Yes. Good. I'm glad. Yes. Yeah, out of all the all the rematch clauses to break, I wouldn't suggest this being the one to start with. Anna, you want to put a bow on this one? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I disagree with you about, I, I think you said before, about the cage making it safer to do a dive. No, 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 no. I hated that. Just seeing their heads crash into the side just made me feel sick. Oh, for Big E, um, it's the difference in that or landing flat on his neck, though. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. So it's either neck or skull, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> safer. <laughs> Not safe, but safer, relatively safer, safe. Yeah. Yeah. Get it was kind of like watching. I mean, getting shot in the ankle is more safe than getting, like, shot where you have, like, a major artery in that regard. Like, it's True. Not safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, parts of this match didn't make it feel like I was watching Oz, but that was awesome. I loved it. Randy Orton versus Rusev. Randy Orton won. Uh, I get the feeling like 1980s fans would love this match. Orton took a tumble into the barrier, ate a follow-away slam, hit a power slam. Not bad by any means. I thought it was a pretty good match. And if there were a death slot on this show, this would have been it. And they still had the crowd every step of the way. So I think that says something for these two in front of these, this crowd. Not fair for these two guys. Somebody had to be in this spot, but they overcame it, had a decent match. Randy Orton hit an RKO. I would have rather Rusev won. There's a lot more upside with him. But Anna, this, I, I was expecting to be bored to tears by this match, and I wasn't. But how did you feel? I didn't mind it. I just really hope that this continues and that it does eventually build to a big Rusev win and a big Rusev Day parade because otherwise, what the hell are they doing with this guy? Um, I love that, of course, Randy went for the RKO straight up and Rusev learnt and was smart enough to block it and then we did get somewhat of an actual match. I think the thing that's... I mean, they were fighting an uphill battle by having this spot but also because of Randy's previous matches this year so far haven't been stellar. The saving grace really is Rusev's personality and him saying stuff like, come on, it's Rusev day and all that, those little side things. This is what's going to get this feud over. And I really hope that they actually see the value in Rusev and this Rusev day angle and just eventually pay it off. I don't trust that necessarily it will. But I'm hoping, for the sake of the children, I'm hoping. Alex, your thoughts? So, uh, yeah. Um, I realized watching this that although he's a Hall of Famer, to be sure, and an objectively good wrestler, I hate watching Randy Orton. I just don't don't like it. I, I just... It's all building to the to, to to his super over finisher, 
which it is. It's really fun when he hits it. But the rest of the match, I was like, okay, when's the draping DDT? Okay, here's the power slam. Like, uh, ah. I, he and I have something in common. He also hates when he's a baby face. Like, I, I, want, I, want this, I want this dude to be despicable so I can hate him for a reason. I just, I just, don't, I just don't like watching his matches. Um, uh, I, and I, on the contrary, I love Rusev. I love everything about Rusev. Rusev is the greatest. Um, and, uh, he's just he's a treasure. All of his stuff that he has on social media, he's really naturally funny, and they could use him in a lot of really cool ways. This should build to a double turn, but it won't because foreign heel guy. Um, it's, here's one of, the, one of the saddest things you'll ever hear. Somebody tweeted to Rusev, don't worry, it'll be Rusev Day again on Tuesday when you announce you'll be taking on Jinder Mahal for WWE title. And he responded, losers don't get rewarded with title opportunities. He's really oh, down on himself, guys. He really is. And I, I feel like we need, to, we need to buck him up and throw him an actual Rusev Day parade and, show, and make him the Grand Marshal because we no, Randy know how much show up an RKO him at it. That's, that's true. Damn it, Randy. Damn it, Randy. Why do you have to ruin all of our fun? Yeah, not not a bad match, I didn't think. It's just no stakes, no like like where does a Randy Orton go from here? It ain't Jinder Mahal. Is it Baron Corbin for the United States Championship? I doubt well, it. This is this is continuing. It's continuing. Mm. They'll nice. have a ma- they'll have a they'll have a match in December at the December pay per view. Because what else are we doing? You know? Oh man! You I mean I mean if you think I mean do you think I'm wrong? Like no, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think, think you're wrong. I, I don't think, think that... the creative direction of SmackDown has anything planned for either of of these guys besides a five month feud where nothing happens. I mean, every one of these matches up until the last two have happened before so you sure baron corbin defeated aj styles and ty dillinger to become the wwe united states champion the first like seven or eight minutes of this match were a showcase for baron corbin and that's not a good thing he has some really cool moves like some really awesome moves like that super uh choke slam backbreaker and the deep six and He'll catch AJ Styles with that neat punch whenever he comes over the top rope. There were times where he could command the crowd pretty well, but this one failed to capture my interest really throughout the duration of it. Am I alone in that, Alex? How, what did you think of this match? Really loved it. Uh, third best match of the night for me um, by leaps and bounds. Like nothing else even came close to the top. This is like top two, way up here. Then the third and everything else yeah. is way down here. To me, to me, number three, pick one out of a hat. Right, but um, but I, I, I AJ Styles makes triple threats match matches amazing. Well, like, WWE he, does them very well. He does, but 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 when he's in it, like he's gonna make both guys he's going up against look like a trillion dollars. Um, the way he sold that straight punch coming over the ropes, just just crumpled in a heap. He's so good at that sell. I I, I love it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a Baron Corbin apologist. I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's good on the mic. He's not in the ring though. When he just gets to like riff and just yell at people in the crowd. I think that's funny. I think he's really good at being a, a heel who works the crowd. There's not that many, there's like him and Owens. Like most of these guys don't do that anymore. 
Owens is, of course, much better at it because he's Kevin Owens, but Corbin's improving. If you look at how far he's come since his NXT days, like he's got a lot of really cool moves. And I like the way he sells when he when he gets when the when the when the babyface gets offense on him. Um I, I I like the way that he stole the pin where AJ Styles didn't get all the way through the ropes, so he just punted him almost into the crowd before he stole the pin. Uh I liked it. Uh I, I love the deep six and I love that giant choke slam backbreaker thing. Um and and, you know, Ty, Ty, Ty Dillinger absolutely belonged in this match. He really did. He showed that this is, this is his ceiling. A guy who competes for the secondary singles title. But, you know, maybe he gets one quick run with it at some point. But he, he, I, he was great in this match, too. He did a really good job. But it's AJ Styles showing uh, how great he can be, making everyone else look amazing. Uh, I love AJ Styles' strike combo. He hits that with... Amazing precision, maybe a little too precise if you're the Miz. <laughs> I know we're going to get a bunch of those really bad, like, Ty's not over, just his chant is over things. And I'm like, you know what? doesn't matter if either one of them are over, it works. Corbin prevents <laughs> a submission attempt from AJ on Ty that, like, Tom Phillips is, like, really mad about. Like, it's not a part of the match or something. Corbin gets the win, takes about a half an hour to get up the ramp. He's, he's soaking it in. Anna, what would you think of the match and the decision to go with Baron Corbin as the new United States champion? I didn't expect that. It makes a lot more sense now why they included Ty into this. Look, I think it's gotten to the point where people are shooting on Corbin for the sake of shooting on him. Like, he is improving a lot. He didn't answer the question with a question this time. That's That's a big improvement. But in ring, he has some dirty ass moves that that are awesome to watch. And I get it, like it's been it actually hasn't been a slow build to this point. They put him in a position that he had a bit of reaching to get to, but in my estimate he has gotten there and is continuing on. It's not like this is a gender situation or anything else. He's they gave him literally the briefcase to run with, and then there was a minor setback, whatever happened there. But he's delivering. And I think at this point, his biggest downfall is he can't sell the bad writing that they're giving him. But he is he owns that character now. Like, all these little moves. He nuts Dillinger at one point. He launched AJ halfway across the ring. He's stepping on Dillinger's neck. He heard the crowd chanting for AJ points it out, and then knees AJ off the apron. This guy's, like, he is working it. He is doing a good job. And in terms of people crapping on Dillinger getting the spot or, you know, whether he's over with his chance or whatever, that's another thing where it's like, look, you got to let it go. This guy is once again delivering. And it gets to a point where you hear all this stuff and you read all this stuff on the internet and it's just like, okay, you are now just, jumping on a bandwagon with pitchforks for no reason. Just let it play out. Let the guys do what they're doing and continue building because there's something there. And, you know, AJ is AJ and everything. He does is beautiful with his soccer mom hair. It's just great. Um, So, yeah. I will say I'm not shitting on Corbin just to shit on him. The match was 19 minutes long. It didn't need to be that long. It was – no, it didn't need to be that long. But I think he did a, he did a pretty damn good job. 
The first half I thought was like excruciatingly boring, especially for a triple threat match. When you have the excuse of this is fast paced, this is high impact, you can't really work a psychological style, or you can use the excuse that you can't work a psychological style that way. It was just way too, it was a little, it just wasn't for me. Wasn't this, for me. This was a long ass pay per view with a bunch mm-hmm. of long matches in it. Like, the, the the first half hour of the show was just that opening tag match. Yeah. It was just like, I looked up and it was like, you know, 35 minutes past the hour and like, oh, wow. Wait, what? there's got to be like a, a squash in here somewhere. And there really wasn't. So, yeah, yeah I, I was I was surprised. Well, every every match went over 11 minutes. Yeah. Except for the, the kickoff match, which went 10 minutes. Right. Charlotte Flair defeated Natalia. Yeah. Kind of. By DQ. No titles change. <laughs> so at the beginning of the match, I noticed Natalia, she like gloats a lot and does her pose. And I'm not necessarily a fan of it. Psychologically, it doesn't make sense. But early on when she did it, it did. Because Charlotte like posed no threat. Like she didn't get any offense. She was getting her, not her ass kicked, her leg kicked. But like after two or three times, I was like, okay, this is, I get it. You hold your arms out. You're, you're, we see. Uh, but Natalia did work that leg over very, very well. Threw in a sit-down powerbomb, which is really good. There's an issue, though, with psychology versus realism. And at what point do you say this character is a moron when they've had their leg worked over the whole time and the only moves they do rely on the power of their leg? Uh, Charlotte hit a boot, then a moonsault to the outside. Then Natalia Beats Charlotte's ass with a chair for the DQ. You know, I, I don't think it's impossible to think that Charlotte maybe wins this title at Starcade. Honestly, that would be that would kind of make sense. They've already advertised that uh, that she's going to be there, so I could see that as a possibility. Anna, what did you think of the match? What did you think of the working the leg, the DQ finish? The working of body parts thing is not for me. If they do something that's incredibly vicious and disgusting and it's like, okay, well, this makes sense and it's enthralling now, or if it's something like Seth Rollins and he's just come back from a legitimate injury and then they're going to, you know, it makes sense to work it into a storyline. Otherwise, it's kind of like, well, maybe if it was in conjunction with a strong storyline, but given that there wasn't for this, it was once again Flares versus Hearts. I'm better than you thing. I'm just really sick of it. And um, it sucks because they are both really good in ring. And I want to, I want a story that supports that. Um, but because they still don't know how to write for the women on the main roster, you get this or, you know, bitch laps and all that kind of crap. Um, Charlotte did sell that leg though, like a champ to the point where so I was like, great. She, she was yeah, great. she legitimately injured. In, in um, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, it was, it could have been a lot better. And that was nothing to do really with in-ring. It was just lack of substance behind the match. We had somebody asking if the four horsewomen versus Charlotte, et cetera, at Survivor Series was just specula- speculation. Yes, when we broke the news at Fightful.com, I was told straight up there are no firm plans for Ronda Rousey and WWE, it was very much a gauge to see if she would take to it, if she would like it. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on Charlotte and Natalia? Pointless. I think it was, it was just pointless. I mean, the, the, uh, I know that Natty is very good. I do not care if she wins or loses. And that's not – that's my fault. That's my fault, but I just I can't I don't find myself enjoying any of her matches. Um, I, I like her weird backstage promos more than her matches, which is which is wrong because she's objectively a better wrestler than she is a speaker. But um, I liked I liked her better when she was you know crazy cat lady tweener than this heel thing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a giant pet peeve of mine. I. I I respect limb work when it's done well, uh, when the offense on it is done well, and when the selling is done well, those two things were right. But when the person who's had their limb worked on the entire time then uses it in all of their offense, I'm out. I'm out. You, you, yep, you, doesn't make you sense. broke me. I can't, I can't do it. That, that, that was why I didn't like any of the Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura matches in NXT. Because Rude would spend the entire match working over uh, Nakamura's knee, and then he would just use his knee to win the match. Well, I think it's particularly egregious in that match or, or in this match. Yeah. Because Nakamura's whole thing is his whole career, he's used knees. Like if right. somebody did it to Sasha Banks and she instinctively threw a knee, I'd be like, okay. But like Charlotte's not known for just foot, 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 everything, right. leg, right. everything. Yeah. I mean, she's known for using her legs in a submission hold, but not everything. I mean, but I mean, also that's the same match Nakamura's right. had in like right. the last six years too. One thing that that um, well, that's fine. If you like, oh, instinctively I threw the knee because I always throw the knee. When you throw it and it connects, it should really hurt. There's one match where it actually that actually was the case, and that's why Rude won. Um, but other times it was not the case. Tonight, um, maybe there's just a point where you go. Maybe tonight isn't the night that I do a moonsault to the outside that Natty will whiff on and I will land f- flat-footed, which would wreck your knee if it was bad, So, um, which, of course, it did. But you should think ahead and not do that. You should be a smarter person. I want to root for smart wrestlers. Um, yeah. You know? Like that, that's, that's why everyone's like, oh, when the people don't like um, Kevin Owens because he does cowardly stuff. Like, no, he's smart. He, he, you thinks, know, you know, he thinks ahead and doesn't Braun do. Strowman is rarely made to look dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, um, and then the the DQ finish just 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 extends the program. Um, and yes, um, here's the thing: if they don't have Charlotte win the strap at Starcade and then have her old man come out and elbow his jacket like for five minutes in the middle of the ring, then he ain't, he ain't throwing an elbow ever again. Uh, that's true. Um, like, but like he should come out and they'll have his giant coronation thing and and it'll be. Yeah, that's that's what they're doing. They they should do it that way. We're gonna skip ahead a little bit. Bobby Roode defeated Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler comes out to his music and then vinyl scratches because <laughs> apparently the WWE DJ is <laughs> they're still running everything off of a tabletop out there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, DJ Lethal from Limp Biscuit found work with WWE apparently. Uh, this is. This is a Bobby Roode match and a 2017 Dolph Ziggler match. They're technically sound. There's a cool blockbuster. There's a big DDT from Ziggler. And then there's a botch that ends up actually not being too bad until commentary repeatedly highlighted it. Ziggler went for a Famasser that he kind of whiffed on, but he ended up bulldogging uh, Bobby Roode. Completely plausible. Looked fine. Anybody who's watched Ziggler matches knew what was up, but the commentary over and over again. He didn't get all of it. Oh, wow. He missed. Uh-oh. Watch out now. You could just say maybe he altered it a little bit. A rolling prawn pin gets reversed like four times. I thought we were going to see like seven different ass cheeks because this move got reversed so many times. Rude wins. Ziggler attacks again. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, Anna, what's up with this match? So we've had four weeks of Dolph Ziggler coming out and other people's gimmicks. Four weeks. And we got nothing. We didn't even get him coming out with a glorious entrance, with the robe. We didn't get a glorious versus glorious match. We, we literally got, we got a vinyl scratch and then we got nothing. That, to me, I didn't really care what happened after that because I was just like, four weeks. And we're done, but we're not done because this is obviously going to continue, which I don't mind. It was a good match for the most part. And I like watching them both in ring. It's just once again, a thing of substance. I hope they can actually find something else to build this feud on as they continue on. And it will maybe be something, but uh, didn't even get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, in a vacuum, the I'm coming out to no music and no pyro and no lights could be kind of cool if it's like 06 Kurt Angle with the mouthpiece and he's just a just, and, and Dolph Ziggler just becomes a killer now and comes they did out heal our truth a few years ago, yeah. And and but but they you could do it with a guy who says, I'm the best in ring worker. I don't need all this bull. I'm coming out and I'm just going to, I don't need my music or whatever. I'm just going to come out. And he comes out and shoots on a guy, double leg takedown, you know, some kind of whatever. Like you could do that with a different dude. But with Dolph Ziggler, who's all flash and no substance, it, it comes off as disingenuous. Uh, I know he's, a, he's got a, a um, you know, an amateur background, but that's not what he's been showing us for a while. He's a lot of fun to watch, but it's, it's not like he's this, in-ring technician 
You know, he's not Ken Shamrock or somebody. Like it doesn't like I don't I don't know who this guy's supposed to be. And his his weird braid just distracted me for the first five minutes of the match. Um, uh, I don't know. It was just. And then this is not how you 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 bring in Bobby Roode into the company for his first big pay per view match, and then have him win off of a whole bunch of roll ups, and and pulling the tights. Are you are you serious with with the with the heat with the babyface Bobby Roode? Because that guy deserves a clean win over whoever he beats. But this was just weird. It was non-committal on both sides. Like I don't know. I I I, I did not care for this match or the execution of the storyline around it. Got to garner some interest. I think Bobby Roode is a good baby face, though. I like that they, they made him a baby face. WWE Championship match. Jinder Mahal reti- or defeated uh, Shinsuke Nakamura to retain the WWE Championships. Imagine running a WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and you don't put the match with one guy who has repeatedly seen interference get him wins and it doesn't matter i don't know byron bringing up uh, nakamura's ufc offer was really good commentary in my opinion it looked like early on we were seeing a motivated nakamura because sometimes we do not and like it sounds like we're it looks like we're seeing like twilight of his career nakamura sometimes gender noticeably smaller not a bad thing though i hear his shoulders a little jacked up match is okay Par for the course for main event Jinder Mahal matches, as is the Singh brother interference. Jinder Mahal gets the ropes after Kinsasha. Nakamura misses another and hits the corner. And what I liked, I love the finish. Uh, He missed, hit the corner, and then Jinder Mahal actually remembered how to do his finish. Got that. Pinned Nakamura. Not terrible by any stretch. Probably one of Mahal's better matches, but to me, his title matches are just like, 5A and 5F, like it's all the same, like just you could put any of them as number one and any of them as number five. And, you know, Jinder Mahal being champion has a lot of people feeling a lot of different ways, but this match in particular, how'd you feel? It happened. No, okay, I will say something nice. Um, The Stingtoids had matching shirts to Jinder Mahal, and I really liked that. Look, I just, there needs to be something else, something else behind why Mahal is in this position, why the Sings bar once have been allowed out by ringside. Like, yeah, they're rejected again today, but why are they continued to be allowed out? There has to be something, like someone up, higher up, that has stock in, in India or in Jinder or something to justify why this is happening and, and why he is allowed to have these guys and keep getting away with it. Billion. Then the work it into yeah. the storyline. But right now in Kayfabe, it's just like what the why should we give a shit? We know that he's gonna win. We know it's gonna be the same Singtoids getting involved and it's I, oh, I would love, it's tiring. I would love Kevin Owens eventually to be the one to unseat him. And him to straight up say, we only know that you get these opportunities because of where you're from. Like, that would be a smart thing to do because that's what Kevin Owens yeah. would do. Uh, we'll talk well, more Jeff, about him in a bit, though. Um, Jeff McCormick on Twitter suggested to bring in Rusev or McIntyre to face Jinder. To bring in McIntyre would 
like this that would be the thing to save this they probably won't it's probably too soon to bring him back up but that's something that no plans yet from what i'm told yeah we're just gonna keep by the way the, the nxt tapings that happened last week that nxt war game show i think is probably going to be show of the year that's going to be that's like some of the stuff they that. have on deck there i won't spoil it for people but everybody knows war games is happening there that could be great, and then I think the the championship match could be great. Um, lots of good stuff coming up there. Alex, WWE Championship, Jinder Mahal, Shinsuke Nakamura. Does Nakamura get another shot? If not, where does Jinder Mahal go? He he does some stuff leading up to Survivor Series. Maybe he's the captain of the SmackDown Survivor Series team. Gag. Yep. But he's the champ, so – and then – but I think he's involved in that, so they don't have to have him have another one-on-one match before he goes to India for the tour on the like, 7th and 8th of December. Then a week later, there's the pay-per-view. So he will have fulfilled his obligation and sold a whole lot of tickets for that show, those shows in India, and then you could take the belt off him, Right. Ideally, I am. You know what? It could be worse. It could be Mahabali Shera. That's all I can say. Okay, fine. Um, I I don't I don't I don't know the difference. I don't know. I don't. If you if you told me he was a a, like a a sentient, I don't know. Like he's like he's made out of sandbags or something. (laughs) Like I don't I I don't I don't care anything. Nothing that he like all of his promos are terrible. And in the ring, like I don't like who. What is he? He's just this giant guy who puts the guys in chin locks or whatever that thing is where he holds up that thing. Like short arm scissors. Well, yeah. no, no, that's short arm scissors. It's an arm scissors. Whatever. That for like all of the match until the things get involved. Why are they out there to begin with? I'm so with you, Anna. Like somebody's blackmailing somebody or somebody says, hey, you know what? This is my guy. I'm putting out money for him to, to win. So you got to do what I tell you. Like, we all know about the donors in America who donate money and expect things to happen. Who's bankrolling Jinder having his minions be out there and never banned from ringside? WWE is a public, publicly traded company. That is something you could integrate. It could be – that you could – give me a reason. Also, since they've been here, you have never told me how these guys know Jinder. Are we to assume <laughs> that all people – from, uh, yeah, exactly. We're to assume that all people from the Indian subcontinent, all 1.3 billion of them, all know each other, and they're all friends. <laughs> all you have to do is tell me these guys went to college together, and I'll buy it. Then we move on. They're yeah. best friends from college, but you've never told me why they care. Like, Jinder gave an interview last week where he says, these guys just love putting their bodies in the line for me. But why? Are you paying them really good? Like, like I don't know. It's stupid. The end of this match was, yes, Jinder Mahal won basically clean. He was smart enough to get out of the way of a Kinshasa, put him in the Colossus, and won. One, two, three, clean as a whistling sheet in the middle of the ring against Shinsuke Nakamura. And tell me you ever saw that com- coming. Like, that, this guy, Shinsuke Nakamura, they brought over the conquering hero from Japan, was this major acquisition. He had the match of the year in his first match against Sami Zayn. In NXT, a, a long run as NXT champ, and they brought him up. Lackluster thing with Dolph, Dolph Ziggler, and then he just gets booked to lose 
dirty to Mahal a couple of times and now mm-hmm. clean to Mahal. And now what do you do with him? Now what do you do with him? Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. This was just <sighs> Jinder Mahal is he's, he's on the third to the last match of a B plus pay-per-view as the WWE champion. Like you can't tell me that, that he's made the show better by being champ. Like, he hasn't. Troll culture, Alex. That's, that's what it is. Uh, I, when, when he became champion, there were people, oh, at least they're trying something new that maybe really believed that. And, and, yeah, it was hey, new. you know what? No, no. I, I was, I, I'm willing to, to, to give a guy the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. But that was back in April that he got – he became number one contender. He won the title in May. And since then – he hasn't done anything to make me go. Yeah, that was a good. Show. It was a good choice. Yeah, but at the time, nothing that, at all. Not not a match. Not a promo. Not a moment. Not not a live event attendance. Not a SmackDown attendance. Not a SmackDown number pop. Not uh, any measurable uh, difference in India that I've heard of thus far. There hasn't been a one thing. Now maybe I, I don't know what the status of these India shows are. I don't know if they're trying to put asses in seats or if they're sold shows. I don't know what they're going to do over there. I just know this is bad. It has been bad. And you'll always have those people, well, it's good. He pisses people off. That's troll culture. That just makes you a dickhead. That's all it does. It makes you a dickhead. The show's not good. That's all. Uh, What I did like, what I thought was good, although 39 minutes – a little long, a little long. Kevin Owens, AJ, St- or not Kev- AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon. Kevin Owens defeated Shane McMahon. I'll walk through my notes, and uh, we'll talk about this. We'll go over time a little bit. First off, this is the longest video package I have ever seen, nah. ever. <laughs> and I feel like maybe they should have shown Phil Nurse training uh, Shane McMahon. He is legit. Uh, Muay Thai coach and Shane McMahon striking reflects that. I saw a lot of people complaining about that on Twitter because he doesn't throw the, the big looping overhand punches that pro wrestlers do. Uh, well, I wish Phil Nurse would have worked with him on his clotheslines off the barrier because those are bad. Also, Shane bumped like hilariously late after a short arm cl- clothesline. But after that, I thought it was pretty good outside of his kids laughing at Kevin Owens. There were a couple of things like Kevin Owens or Shane McMahon is vindicating some of these video game traits, like the float over DDT that everybody in every WWE game has, but only Shane McMahon uses. Also, I remember playing like Slam Masters and WCW Revenge and thinking, people don't hit each other with tables. Oh, they do. They do. Kevin Owens went flying through the air trying to do a cannonball through a table. It was awesome. The crowd wanted tables all night. There was a great spot where Shane reversed a pop-up powerbomb into a triangle arm bar. That was so smooth that it's very difficult to do. He eats the stairs with a powerbomb after that. Then, or before all that, Shane McMahon, 47 years old, whiffs on a shooting star press. Just incredible. Shane McMahon hit a coast-to-coast. Owen's got his foot on the ropes. I don't know how rope breaks count. I'm glad that Corey Graves stood up and said something about this. I love that the, the ref must have just got caught up in the moment because he <laughs> definitely shouldn't have broken that count. 
this match should technically be over right now. Wait a minute. I probably should stop talking. No, good for Graves. I'm glad he did I mean, it. Yeah, it saved no, some it's of his good, but, but it's one of those things where, like, well, if you just pointed that out, everything that happened after that should be null and void. Well, I'm sure that Shane wishes that those bolt cutters were null and void because he had trouble. It was a handicap match. It was Shane and Shane against Kevin Owens and the bolt cutters. But they get outside, and then Kevin kills Shane with the DDT. I'm talking like one of the sickest, nastiest DDTs I've ever seen where your ass is straight up in the air. Like, his booty was pointing straight towards the lights. His dome was in the ground. Feet still planted. That was gross. Later, they pull the table top off, and it's made of pad. And I'm thinking, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Shane is laid across the table. Kevin Owens gets to the top, and he can't do it. And I like this because this is continuity from Kevin Owens' previous tweet where he said, yeah, Shane jumped off the cage like a dumbass, and he lost the match. Kevin Owens, in fact, did not jump off the cage like a dumbass. Instead, he fell off from a much more manageable 16 feet because those are 10-feet segments. But you're, you're skipping a bunch Oh, there, there's plenty. I'm, I'm jumping around okay, a little bit. Okay. I, I'm going to get all of your thoughts on it in a moment. Okay. Before I hit the finish. So don't talk about the finish until I hit the finish, okay. guys. These 10-foot 10 10, 10 segments, it will put you height-wise 16 feet up from where your head drops. Shane moves KO onto the, to uh, another table, and I thought it was funny that he was cognizant enough to move a single piece of paper off of that table. So before we get into the finish, Anna, your thoughts on all of this that led up to it, because there was, there were some heart stopping moments on top of this cage, like a pop-up power bomb on the top. I was really afraid somebody was going to die for the first time in my life watching WWE. Yeah, it was a legitimate concern. I had to start Lamar's breathing to try and calm down. I like thought I was going to throw up at one point kind of blacked out. I just have images of DDTs and power bombs on top of that cage and oh my God. Um this it it was I don't even have words for this. It it made sense. It and it was a perfect way to tell this story of how extreme it got. The only thing that I didn't like about it was Shano doing his cutesy little punches and, and feet part earlier in the match. I just thought that took it out. Um, and also his kid laughing at KO trying to slam them. But it's, everything about this, KO's yelling at the kids, like, I should be your role model, throwing, holding his um head up against the cell and like grading it across in front of his kids. It was just a really vicious, beautiful story being told. And I'm seriously concerned of how many concussions Shane just endured in that 39 minutes. Um, because there was some, that, that DDT onto the steel ramp, but when he came off that, I mean, not to get into the ending, but when he came off the side of the cell, that was not a clean landing at all. And it's only because of what happened that I was elated and didn't want to, 
get caught up in how concerned I actually am about that. Um, I, yeah. I mean, damn good effort on both behalves. I don't know what else to say about it. it I think this is one of the best Hell in Cell matches I've ever seen as far as storytelling, drama, yeah. keeping me on the edge of my seat, almost giving me a heart attack, as, yeah. as we've all mentioned. Alex, your thoughts on everything leading up to the finish? Uh, um, yeah, all the stuff inside the match, uh, inside the, the cell, was uh, was very, very good. Very good uh, Hell in a Cell match. Um, Owens, of course, is, deserves a statue outside of every arena at which he's ever performed. He's the, he's the best. He's the very best at, do, at doing what he does. Um, all of his stuff to, 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 to Shane's kids on, on, in, the, in the front row. Um, and then um, Shane O'Mac just being a nut. And at 47 years old, whiffing on a shooting star press. And if that was the craziest thing he did, you'd be like, okay, that's a little excessive. Calm down, Shane. Moving on. Then Shane's like, no, no, no. I'm going to do a coast-to-coast because that's what I do because I'm 47 years old and I do coast-to-coasts. Uh, impressive like, how he can do that. Incredibly impressive. Um, like, Rob Van Dam was barely getting across the 18-foot ring when he did yeah. it in yeah. his physical prime. <laughs> no. He's – listen – What's what's the what's the record for a forty-seven-year-old man in a standing broad jump? Because I'm pretty sure Shane O'Mac would hold that record if he actually did it. Like like that's crazy. Like it's crazy what he does. Um, so all of that happens, and he's like, then there's this great moment where Owens is laying in the middle of the ring, and Shane looks up to the ceiling. And he says, he walks over, open the door. And he's like, like, I don't know what he was going to do. Like, was he going to go over and like come climb up to the top with the bolt cutters, cut a hole in the ceiling, <laughs> and then drop an elbow through the ceiling onto Owens? Because I was thinking, I've never seen, seen that done before. That could be the end of this. I would be, I would be okay with that. But no, they had more in store. Um, I wanted Owens to fake doing the elbow off the top of the, of the cell and have Shane get out of the way, and then Owens do the, uh, I knew you were doing this, I, I, I thought ahead. And then Shane came up, because that was what he was doing. He was smart enough to realize that Shane was going to get out of the way. Everything that happened on the cage, on top of the cage, I, 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 my, my heart was in my throat. I was watching, I was literally watching some of the match through my fingers. Any of those spots, could the, 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 the chain link could have given way and they could have fallen in. There was one point where Shane stumbled backwards. He lost his footing. And I was like, if that guy topples over the side of the cage where there's not a table to break his fall, he's dead. He's a dead person. He's going to die. You guys can't, it's not worth it. Just, you, like everybody, oh, Shane's got kids. Owens has kids. Why are we doing this? You guys don't have to do this. The whole time I was watching, like, if somebody dies, I'm going to be so sad. Because I was really fearful. That was the first time. Like, I remember being a little concerned because everybody knew that Shane was going to do something crazy at WrestleMania. But this, I wasn't sure who was going to do it. Right. Because Kevin Owens straight up said, I'm going to throw you mm -hmm. off of the cell. They have never – I don't remember that they've ever advertised that right. beforehand. And in doing so, I thought you know, maybe Owens gets thrown off. Right. And at 20 feet up, and we know how much of a family man he is. Right. Like, it's his character, for the right. love of God. 
but I, you know, it's I trust Shane McMahon to take that spot more than I do Kevin Owens, which right. is weird to think in a pro wrestling spectrum. But that's not really a pro wrestling talent. Mm-hmm. That is a you've you've done this so many times, you've just got a little more experience right. at it type of thing. So Shane McMahon flies off of the cell, misses it. I don't see what happens. I just see that that he misses Kevin Owens. He bounces. You can tell he got the wind knocked out of him. And then they show the replay. They say, where did Kevin Owens go? And there is this masterful shot. By the way, there was an awesome shot of Kevin Owens like looking up at the cell uh, before he climbed it that was cut off of in like 0.5 seconds. Doofus is in the truck. Yeah, Doofus is in the truck for doing that. But redeemed themselves with this incredible shot of you just see Kev- or Sami Zayn with this concern on his face pop up and save his friend who has repeatedly kicked his ass over and over and over again for years. Like, it's it's so poetic, and it's so perfect, and it's so, like... Like, like... They play it up so well at every turn, too, Alex. Like, that's the thing. Like, they'll yeah. all, like... Kevin Owens will do an interview with Sam Roberts, and somebody will bring up Sammy, or Sammy Zayn, and he'll be like, yeah, he's okay, I guess, today. Yeah, yeah, um... And Anna will understand when I say this. This was Shakespeare. This this was like this was Shakespeare of of of, of this guy these these brothers, who who hate each other, because they love each other so much. That they're so different, but they want they want to be able to say you're my brother and I love you, but they can't for all these reasons that they've even forgotten about. So they just keep fighting. And then one of them is the bigger man and extends an olive branch. Like that's, it feels like something out of Greek tragedy because you know, at the end, these guys aren't going to be friends. They're going to be friends for a while, maybe. And then they'll turn on each other again. It's a vicious cycle. Like when I saw that Sami Zayn helped his friend, I was legitimately so happy and at the same time, I was like, is Shane dead? That's what this pay-per-view did to me at the end. I was By the way, the the first world record for the standing long jump was eleven foot four inches, which I think Shane could beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was Anna, what were your thoughts as you watched Shane McMahon fly through the air, crash into a table, and then then you saw that Sami Zayn was the one that pulled Kevin Owens out of the way. First of all, I thought Shane was seriously injured. And then it didn't even occur to me how Kevin Owens was able to get out of the way because that's just, I was seriously concerned. And then they did the replay of the guy in the hoodie. And like, even Alex was talking about it again, I got chills again. It was just the perfect storytelling and setup. And I cried at the end of it, obviously, because I always cried with pro wrestling. But it was this, the buildup of like, holding your breath for however long they were on top of that cage and the the fear like actual real fear and anxiety and then this absolute release when this incredible thing happened I was actually speechless because I did not um I wish I could remember who it was who tweeted me that they said I really wish Sammy came in for the save at this point I was like yeah I wish and then it happened I just did not think it was 
going to happen. And I'm elated for many reasons, like a huge part because they're actually, Sammy has a solidified spot here. And finally, finally, this is about to take off for him. And I'm so happy, but it was just out of all the bad writing and storytelling that, I mean, it's not been all bad SmackDown, you know, it's been up and down the past few months, but this was just something so left of field that was done masterfully. And I am just so happy. And I rambled. I'm emotional again. I can't wait to see what happens Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. And they did that without booking a pay-per-view to promote the TV. They just did, did that booking a good pay-per-view match. And I think that this, in, in my opinion, this had both the best in-ring match and the most dramatic match in WWE I've seen all year. Uh, I think that tag match was my WWE match of the year, might be my match of the year overall. And this was the most dramatic match. It told the best story. Just outstanding. Now, what I can say that I'm not behind anymore is the fashion files. I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm not watching it anymore. You all fooled me once. You ain't getting me again. Listen, this is this should be right up your alley. Because you know what they're going to do is they're going to make fun of this movie you hate. Yeah, They're going to make a whole bunch of jokes about it, and you're going to laugh at it and be like, yeah, I told you, it's trash. It's trash, y'all. I'll trash. say it's duty. I'll say um, it's duty. Uh, I, I love these guys because they make, they make anything work. They, they made a tube into tubey. Like, they're, they're great. The, the, the Ascension, also starring The Ascension. Like, they're officially also starring in The Fashion Files, which is great. Um, because these guys have a real sense of humor, and it's cool that they're not going to be like really. I'm angry. We're angry. Demolition knockoffs. I I I like it that these guys have a sense of humor. Um, I'm ready for them to have a pro for Brizongo to have a program against somebody in ring, maybe at some point. But other than maybe, that, maybe Gable and Benjamin or something. Yeah. Anna. <laughs> yeah. So I had a nightmare last night that they killed Fandango in front of me. And God. yeah. Who's they? And Who is and they? Like everyone else on the roster. It was really intense. And this? and but he came back. He came back as the undead. And Anything to get us demonetized, on. I swear to God, that's Anna's goal. No, it was like a it was like a weird production like I knew it was WWE still so I knew it wasn't real to the point where like I wasn't sobbing but he came back as the undead to help Tyler Breeze solve fashion cases and I actually woke up like craving to see this just to make sure that it was a nightmare and everything was okay and it was more than okay it was I like to think it was another police academy reference with the Back to Basics, which is basically Back to Training, which is the second Police Academy movie. Yeah. And Cesaro is a Tooth Fairy 3. It's like, I'm really happy they're back. And Entourage, for yeah. some reason, was there in the credits. I would rather Ooh. watch that crappy Entourage movie than watch Pulp Fiction again. Okay. And it was bad. You're it just was... being spiteful now. Uh, okay. So, At least it was shorter. Uh, um, 
Anna, I would absolutely watch seven seasons in a movie of okay. uh, Fandango as Tyler Breeze's ghost pal, where they solve mysteries together. 100%. Oh, Jesus some, Christ, Somebody guys. write that as a movie. It is almost one in the morning on the East Coast. <laughs> I know some people don't have work tomorrow, but I had a Bellator show and a UFC show to watch uh, last night. By the way, guys, uh, that UFC post show is up on Fightful.com and FightfulPods.com. We have King of Pro Wrestling coverage in about three hours. I will be watching that show tomorrow and covering it. Um. Christopher Columbus can go square to hell, but happy Canadian Thanksgiving Day to uh, my Canadian friends. You all can head over to Fightful.com, use our forums, let us know what you want out of the site. When our Canadian pals get back on Tuesday, they'll take a glance. Any recommendations, uh, anybody you want us to talk to, any segments you all want us to do, hit us up on Fightful.com, on those Fightful forums, registration, absolutely free. And, of course, we have photos, videos, all that stuff. Uh, share our stuff on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, all that stuff helps a lot, but make sure to follow their individual community guidelines as you do that. Anna, where can the people follow you? At Anna Bauet, B-A-U-E-R-T on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm somewhere on YouTube. Just look up my name. Alex, how about you? At Pulowski the Fourth. Sweet. You all can follow me at Sean Ross App. I have a tweet penned with the requirements for uh, the associate editor gig. Hit me up with an email. Like I said, uh, everything mentioned there, expected salary, stuff like that. Hopefully we get somebody soon. We had somebody in mind, but they are off to mold young minds, and we couldn't we, – we're not going to prevent that from happening, even though we mold minds at Fightful.com too. And you can follow us at Fightful online. Uh, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Get yourself some Fightful merch, my friends. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. This is one of our most uh, watched live podcasts that we have ever done. And I think there were a couple of instances on this show that, that helped facilitate that and made that worth it. Until next time, guys, we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.